Today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. It was a, a nail-biting time, actually. We were getting down to the 12th hour, the midnight hour, and that was uh, the deadline that uh, Donald Trump had imposed to try to get a deal together for, uh, well, we're still calling it NAFTA, I guess, until this thing gets ratified. But uh, obviously some concern about what was going to happen with trade. And uh, they pulled it off. There is a tentative deal. That's that's what we have as of now, a tentative deal between the United States, Canada, and Mexico, a new name for that deal. And it looks as if everybody is relatively uh, happy with this, at least uh, those that were around the bargaining table anyway. There are still some people that are a little upset about this. Uh, we're going to uh, talk uh, with a number of folks about the reaction and the impact this is going to have. Uh, very pleased to welcome back to the program Mike LeCouture, the Ottawa correspondent for Global News. Uh, Mike, thanks so much for the time on a busy Monday. Good to have you with us today. I appreciate being here. I mean, so what was it like sitting where you, you knew the deadline was coming, and as it, as it approaches, you know, getting late on a Sunday night right now, this is a, a kind of akin to being in Vatican Square waiting for the white smoke to come out, wasn't it? <laughs> it really was. Um, but, you know, anyone who's been around negotiations knows that uh, nothing like a really hard and a, 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 a you know, a dead, drop dead deadline to have a moment of clarity in the room, I think. Um, and that is what that kind of deadline probably brought to everybody around the table, knowing this was going to be it. There was not going to be an extension after this. Um, there were other deadlines that we kind of blew past. Uh, but then coming down to it, knowing that this is what it was going to have to be. And I think a lot of the people who are connected to these talks that I've spoken to knew that it was going to fall around here and not in, not necessarily the timing, but the actual provisions that were carved out and everything around it. Um, but I've spoken to a number of people who have uh, done a lot of these types of deals, done a lot of negotiating. Nobody is really shocked that it come that it did come down to about 10, 11 o'clock uh, on the Sunday night of the deadline day. Um, you have to think that everybody felt that kind of a pressure and that they finally have something, as you said, that relief when the white smoke is finally released <laughs> in the Vatican Square, uh, Saint, you know, right outside St. Peter's, and everybody knows, okay, we've got something. Uh, and as you'd mentioned, uh, you know, on most sides, or at least the three uh, official government sides, everybody saying how good of a deal this is, starting early this morning with President Donald Trump tweeting uh, that it's a fantastic deal, a historic deal, uh, and he has to say that because don't forget, in one month he's got the midterm elections. Yeah. He needed a win here. He needed to go around and say that he got something done, uh, and uh, senior sources within the government have told me they are more than happy to let Donald Trump go on his victory lap uh, and claim that he was the big winner here and nobody else won, uh, and they'll leave it to sort of the journalists and the analysts to take a deep dive into those numbers and say, you know what, it was actually pretty good for everybody. Mike, were there any signs at all that we were getting down to the short strokes in the last couple of days? I mean, we knew the deadline was there, but but just in some of the reporting you guys have been doing, uh, you and Mercedes from Ottawa and, of course, uh, from in Washington with uh, with Jackson, that, that I got the sense that, look, there's only one or two things and we're really, really close. They weren't saying that, but there, there seemed to be an insinuation that it was getting near to a, to a finale. Yeah, I had uh, spoken to several sources who said essentially what we weren't seeing is, you know, the proverbial duck's feet under the water going slowly is that chapters continue to be closed uh, in the last few weeks. When you consider that we would report on a chapter being closed as, you know, <laughs> I'd say as late back as January, and that was huge news saying, oh, this chapter has been shelved, this other one's been shelved. Um, and what we were told in the last few weeks is 
among these sort of intense negotiations, as uh, Minister Christian Freeland had characterized it, they were just ticking boxes as they went along. And we knew that the hardest things would be coming down to the final hours. Um, negotiators have told me that you always leave the hardest stuff to the last moments and those are the, the final things that will get done. And that is essentially what happened here. And yeah, we did have a bit of an indication of the fact that Canada had swapped out its speaking turn at the um, United Nations with another country knowing that Christian Freeland could not be there to take that place and that she had to come back to Canada. And especially yesterday when we saw senior government officials huddled at the Prime Minister's office uh, right across the street from Parliament Hill, we knew that that is when it was really ramping up and that we had to have something yesterday. That, there's going to be an odd, a lot of analysis and dissection of this thing, obviously, over the next couple of days. And and I, I fully agree with you. I mean, the, the president's going to want to do a victory lap and say, look what we got. And with midterms coming up in just a few weeks, that's important. But you look at this from our side of the border, Mike, and, and it's uh, it's interesting to note that a lot of the stuff that we seem to be digging our heels in on, uh, we got. You know, the dispute resolution, uh, no sunset clause. They had to modify the, the supply management aspect of it, but it is still there. Yeah, and on that sunset clause, uh, from what we understand right now, it's not the five-year automatic expiration date, but it's more of a 16-year term, and it comes up for a renew every six years. So basically, let's take a quick glance at it every six years, but the hard cap when we have to actually renegotiate this thing, or at least take a harder look at it, is 16 years. So that, you could say, is a win. Even though there is a sunset clause in there, it's a win considering it went from five years to 16 years, so tripling uh, the amount of time in between which we have to look at it. And yeah, to your point, the fact that Canada, um, some would say, only had to give up some on dairy. Now, obviously, for dairy farmers, it's tons because any little bit that we are giving up is chipping away at their profits, chipping away uh, at the sustainability of their dairy farms. But when you consider f the fact that at the original Trans-Pacific Partnership, when the U.S. was in it, Canada was ready to give up 3.25% market access to the Trans-Pacific Partnership countries. They did that with the modified CPTPP that the U.S. had pulled out of uh, when Donald Trump took office. Uh, so we're understanding that it'll be more than 3.25 percent, but it doesn't seem that Canada had to give away that much. And that is, uh, you know, to borrow a term from uh, the, the president, the art of the deal, right? That mm -hmm. is yeah. you coming to the table and understanding there's going to be something you're going to have to give away, but making sure you hold on to it at the last minute. And I think Sunset Clause was that for the U.S. and Derry was that for Canada. And they knew that, look, this is where we have to come to an agreement. And they finally did. One of the other elements that uh, I think caught a lot of people's attention, of course, was that I guess it's essentially a guarantee, isn't it, Mike, about, uh, about auto tariffs? Because that's something that the president had been threatening Canada with for quite some time, to slap 25% on, on cars, auto parts, whatever it was going to be. And it's pretty much enshrined in this deal now that they're not going to do that, isn't it? Yeah, and making sure that he can't continue continually wave that over Canada as a threat. Uh, and that was something that Canada wanted to make sure uh, was hammered out in this. Uh, and really, if you speak to people inside the auto industry, they basically say, look, uh, it was an empty threat on Trump's part because whether he knew it or not, if he did that, it would 
completely decimate the supply chain here in Canada. Now that you have this RVC, regional value content, uh, it basically means that to sell a car in North America, you have to make sure that there's more content from North America. It really benefits all three countries when you think about it and dig deep into it, something that was extremely valuable to the United States. They have obviously a huge auto sector. Canada does as well, and Mexico participates in it as well. The fact that Mexico brought up their labor standards is a win for everybody across the board as well. So um, the fact that, as you mentioned, that those tariffs are, are now a little bit less of a threat uh, is, is obviously comforting for Canada. One of the things that has not uh, been hammered out just yet are the steel and aluminum tariffs um, that were slapped on Canada that Trump directly linked to NAFTA talks, but Canada had said they are not linked to NAFTA talks. Now that we have a deal, that will be one of the questions. Do we now have those tariffs and counter tariffs that Canada slapped on the U.S.? Are those lifted? And I think the people in the steel and aluminum business and those industries are, will be listening to uh, President Trump at 11 o'clock today when he gives his press conference and, of course, Prime Minister Trudeau and Minister Christopher Freeland when they speak to reporters at noon. Yeah, that steel tariff uh, is obviously very important to us here in the Hamilton area with the steel industry and, of course, up in Sault Ste. Marie. Uh, and I know that it's it's uh, something that they thought they were going to get resolved. Uh, w- what are they going to look for here, Mike? Is it just a sign of good faith that the president's going to lift these, or is that going to require more negotiation between the two sides? It'll probably have to be a little more negotiation because all of this has been uh, quite acrimonious with some personal shots. You heard Donald Trump talk about how he didn't like Canada's lead negotiator, not naming Minister Freeland. Um, Then there were some who made a lot of the fact that Minister Freeland uh, was in Toronto at this women's forum talking about uh, taking on the tyrant uh, was the name of a talk in which she was involved. And of course, in a video montage leading up to her introduction, it had Bashar al-Assad. Sad. It had Kim Jong-un and, of course, Donald Trump in there. And while she never named him uh, when she was talking about it, clearly that's where the conversation was going and that's where the conversation was for a lot of that talk, having watched it. Um, so, yeah, good faith is what they're going to need to see and possibly maybe they'll let Donald Trump announce it at 11 today that, um, you know, that they will be letting go of those tariffs. But he probably also wants to make sure that there are assurances that Canada will not allow um, Chinese dumping of steel and aluminum into Canada and then that that gets into the United States. That might have to be some sort of a carve out or a side deal uh, that gets hammered out right now that all the heavy lifting has been done with the old NAFTA, the USMCA as it's now called. Mike, we talked about uh, President Trump and, and the victory lap and, and obviously I, uh, it's not part of the negotiation but I'm sure it was something discussed around the table that okay our guy will make his announcement at 11, you guys can do it an hour later. So They both want their moment in, in, the, in the spot light here. Uh, Trump needs this, as you mentioned, because he's got the midterms coming up, but uh, it's not lost on us that there's a federal election on this side of the border probably within the next 12 months. How important is this to to the Trudeau government to, to get this thing signed, sealed, and delivered? You have to think of how this will be framed now going forward. So the Conservatives has continually uh, criticized Trudeau, saying he's not gotten anything done. He hasn't really passed any legislation. Yes, we're going to have the legalization of cannabis in the next couple of weeks here. But what can Trudeau really carry as a banner going into the 2019 vote? Well, this is going to be a major one. As much as the Conservatives will want to continually criticize um, the Liberals for, you know, they left it down to the last minute and this was uh, causing a whole lot of panic for nothing. If Canada had just done this, if Canada had just done that and the Liberal government had done this and that, 
Well, the fact is, is that now they're going to be able to stand there in the House of Commons and say, look, we went toe-to-toe with one of the most unpredictable leaders um, in, in the free world right now, and we hammered out a deal. Was it an amazing deal? Did we have all of the wins? No, but we weren't going to get all of those wins. The, the Canadian side got the best that they could have with what they had at the table, considering who they were dealing with. And I think that sometimes, um, you know, taking a step outside and looking at this uh, from, a, you know, a, an outsider's perspective as we try and do as journalists, you look at it and you go, you know what, when you're trying to deal with President Donald Trump, how would any other party have dealt with this? And did the Liberals do the best they could with the hand that they were dealt? At this point, you'd have to probably say yes. And that is what the Liberals will be doing. They will be going around and saying, it doesn't matter what led up to this. We got the deal done. We have a new North American trade agreement. And this is what they'll be carrying into that election. And he has a year to continually campaign on that and to raise that. And you can be sure the next week will be full of, look what we did we got it done. Uh, you mentioned the negotiations on some of the bombast that was coming out, and from both sides to a certain extent, but clearly a lot of it from the White House, uh, and a lot of acrimony uh, with some of the comments. Uh, with this deal now, and I'm just looking at some of the tweets from the White House from earlier today, Mike, uh, are we friends again uh, with our, fr- our neighbors to the south? I mean, because it, it was a little testy there for a while. It was, and especially after the G7, uh, when you had... President Trump saying that he saw the press conference on uh, Air Force One and said he didn't appreciate what Trudeau said. Uh, and there was all sorts of personal comments going back and forth. And Trudeau trying to keep his powder dry, but at the same time taking veiled shots at President Trump and you know having to make sure that to Canadians anyways, um, he was not a wilting flower in the face of this bully from the South. Um, I have to think that, especially given the, the, the tweets that we had seen this morning where Trump congratulated Canada and Mexico, uh, I have a feeling that there's going to be maybe some uh, apple pie coming from the South and maybe we're <laughs> going to send some beaver tails down there and a, sort of a, a renewing of handshakes and maybe a little, oh, shucks, you know what, we can be friends again. Let's take down these fences and, and don't worry about it. We're neighbors and friends again, right? Sure, that's uh, that's the Canadian way, right? <laughs> hey, in, in, until the next uh, irritant comes up, then yes, <laughs> which could well be before the end of the week. You just never know, Mike. Uh, it's been a long night for you and an early morning, and I really appreciate you taking the time for us. We look forward to your reporting on uh, Global National later on today. Thanks for this. Appreciate being on the show. Take care, Mike Lucatour, of course, Ottawa correspondent for Global News. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from nine to noon on nine hundred CHML.